It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. That guy who dropped the ball is the reason the Kardashians are famous Kardashians because... Are famous. Ha! Yeah, no, that's Mike Vrabel, a Stanley Steamer carpet cleaner, dude. You know, he'll steam over some of the shittiest carpets you've ever seen. And Brando. Talking bills with your family could be like talking politics sometimes if Jermaine Edmonds' contract comes into discussion. On Buffalo Rumblings. Hello, everybody. This is not another Buffalo podcast, not the usual voice you hear when you lead off the show. I'm here with my buddy, Pat. John is in another country right now, and it is just going to be the two of us tonight. Two boys here talking about a tough Buffalo Bills game on Monday. And as always, we are a Buffalo rumblings podcast. So all you rumblers out there that listen to us, we always appreciate you. You can find all of our stuff on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever. So Pat, it has been 24 hours since this brutal game that the Buffalo Bills made us watch on our days off. I don't have any of them, neither do you. And we spent our time watching this game. Have you recovered yet? How do you feel? Well, the Dolphins loss was nice yesterday. I mean, it would have been so much sweeter had we won, but not not doing so hot, honestly. I, I don't know how you're doing. The Dolphins loss is helpful. I don't know if you ever watch NFL Red Zone, Pat. Do you ever watch it? So Red Zone is awesome if you ever get a chance to check it out. It's, you know, Scott Hansen's the guy's name. Pretty famously calls all the games at one time. He goes to Double Box, the witching hour. Anybody who does not know what Red Zone is, it's worth checking into. But at the very end of the Bills game, Scott Hansen, while he's doing the Red Zone broadcast, says on his call, he's like, well, Dolphins fans, this is a gift for you. The Buffalo Bills are giving you a gift of this loss. And it was like you said, it was a good Feeling to see them lose last night to the Eagles pretty handedly, I thought. So that has to take a little bit of the sour taste out of your palate. But I don't know, Pat, what was your overall thought? You know, you you turn the game off or you go do whatever you got to do. What is sticking in your brain about the game? What is that intrusive thought that you can't get out of your head about the, watching this Buffalo Bills football team? Well, 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 I didn't like how they picked up the illegal man downfield penalty flag yes on that Ramondre Stevenson screen that went for about 45 yards I felt like that was kind of a little bit a little bit strange because that center he was like I mean granted the ball was released relatively early and like you watching it as a fan you see it like in the air for a while and yeah. kind of be misconstrued but it looked like this dude was more than more than five yards downfield honestly that's a tough call it happens so fast right the line especially if they get a good push right if they get a good push off of that snap and they just naturally go back a couple feet, the D-line, yeah. that's your yardage that you get down the field. And the way that Mac Jones kind of was delayed in getting that ball to Stevenson's in the flat, I thought that center was clearly downfield on that replay when they do the bird's eye view of the offensive line. The refing as a whole was interesting. There was a lot of penalties being called. The Bills shot themselves in the foot with penalties. How many drives got extended from penalties? against the Patriots well, wasn't there there was that drive too where Josh throws the touchdown to Dawson Knox and then it gets called back and everything so early in the game all right first half also we could talk about that I mean the Bills can commi- the Bills committed nine penalties for 46 yards New England eight penalties so it's not like it was lopsided one way or the other but that pick play that rub route they call it right you set the screen and Latavius Murray a lot of the talk today was like Latavius Murray shouldn't be the guy lined up outside of Dawson Knox to make that pick. And I want I I didn't agree with it cuz like Latavius Murray's a good guy to set a pick. I thought that dude is pretty built. Even if you have to brush his arm, he's pretty strong, but 
What do you think of that play? Are you talking in, in the red zone? Yeah, there? where they, the touchdown that got called back. I guess if, if you are going to run that play, having, I mean, I, I don't know what the correct term would be in high school. We used to call it ace formation, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're back. Running back split, right? Yep. But I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he has he has good hands too. I, I don't see anything wrong with it, honestly. I didn't think so either. Um, a lot. Ken Dorsey was getting a lot of hate for that play call. I mean, it worked. New England also had a pick play that wasn't called earlier. A couple of their passing plays. That's just how football is. You're going to get calls in the NBA. You get moving screens all the time that are not called. And then you get one that does get called. So this, this is part of the game. But what about what about that? Gasicki? No, the Gasicki touchdown at the end. I felt like that one was not catchable at the end of the game. I felt like a lot of these. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game and in my brain, it's like you don't stop this play twice in back to back weeks. A conversion rate from inside the two yard line is what, like 65%, maybe 70%. So the Bills got it last week. They used their luck up last week. Bill Belichick was too good to get down that close to the goal line and give you a bad play call, set your guy up to make a bad decision. So as soon as Bill Belichick, I, I was like, they were down maybe at like the nine yard line. Maybe it was like first and goal at the nine before they got into the end zone. I'm like, Bill Belichick scoring. They're doing it. It's like, do you want to let them score now and save 20 seconds so you get the ball back? But well, I mean, I, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a valuable thought too, because my breath was held there for a second when I thought Stefan Diggs had caught that pass, the play second to last. That dive across the middle where he so. like face dives into the turf. You just see his yeah. mask get covered and get a mouthful it's, of those pellets. I, I thought we had won the game when Jordan Poyer forced that fumble. I was just like, that's Should it. Should we talk that's about this, chalk it this up, play? I mean, I made the analogy last week to the remember the Titans. That was two weeks ago. The, the remember the Titans analogy against the Jags. Like this defense is heroic at times. They get these turnovers. They're giving every ounce of an effort that they absolutely can give. They're getting these turnovers in the red zone. They get the goal line stand against the giants. They are playing their behinds off. Insert whatever word you want there. You can make it more explicit because they probably deserve the explicit, but the way that they have stopped these teams, gotten the ball back for their offense, just to be disappointed by the other side of the football. So who are you more upset with Pat? Offense or defense here? Because that punch out by Poyer was exactly what you needed. And you know what? Even if they didn't get that punch out and they still get the stop, as soon as they got that punch out, it was like, oh, they're going to score. That's awesome. But there's a lot of time left, right? There's two minutes left in the game for Bill Belichick to try to beat you still. And when we had Brady coming against us, if we score there, if Josh Allen scores there right at the two minute warning, we're like, we're done. Brady's scoring here. You know, when we had the lead late against the Patriots. So that was my first thought when we scored the touchdown is there's too much time left. As soon as Poyer got that fumble, there's too much time left. I didn't like that. But what, who, who's more to blame? Well, I mean, it, it, and it's difficult, too, because, I mean, the Patriots, eventually they're going to score more than 25 points in a game. Like, that's just any team in the NFL. It doesn't matter. You know, even P.J. Walker's out there scoring more than 25 points a game. It's yeah, going to happen. Right. Like, you can't you can't put that on the defense. But also, at the same time, like, it's hard to really say. I mean, we we play pretty balanced on offense. And the fact that you have nine different receivers catch a pass, I mean, is indicative that different methods are being tried. But I, I don't know, man. I, f- I feel like if you, what, what did we have? We had seven points mm-hmm. in the first half. In the Jacksonville game, we had no points in the first half in the Giants game and then or three points in the first half in the Giants game and then no point. No, no, no points in, in the first half in the Giants game and, and three points in the first yeah. half in this game. So terrible starts. I, I don't know. There was a point yeah. last year, maybe week 13, week 14. We had scored nine out of 14 of our opening drives. 
There was a time where this Bills team could not be stopped when they got the ball first. Whether you kicked it, then you got to stop and then you get the ball or you get the kickoff, you go down and score. The Bills were so good. I remember betting on it. I remember hitting that for Brando's bet last year. That is like evaporated, but it's not by much. When you see these conversions, right? These third downs that they don't get that they have to punt. The, oh, dude. They're so close, right? They are so close. James Cook gets tackled an inch shy of the line. Dalton Kincaid doesn't make that cut up field in the Jacksonville game. And they're so close. And it's just the margin of error in the NFL. And boom, here you are. We're talking about a four and three football team. If it was any different, it could be a three and four football team. So we should be thankful for that only being one game back still. But well, and I, I mean, I guess the other thing to your point too is that I, I don't know. And I, th- I think players turn the ball over. That's just how it is. But I mean, you look back to the last two games that we've, you know, lost and you think about, you know, there are a couple turnovers in that Jaguars game. First half, there's a turnover first drive, right? Am I right? First drive in this Pats game. First play of the game. You, know, you have that Gabe first Davis fumble. Game. First play of the game. Yeah. yeah. You have that Gabe Davis fumble. I think first drive in the Giants game. So it's like, I mean, it obviously was, that, yeah. Two you, first you can't attribute all that to play turnovers. calling. You're right. You're right. And then, you know, we I have it written down here. Is it execution or is it the play calling? Because there was a few plays that Josh missed. The play where Kincaid is running up the field and Josh Allen gets the roughing the passer call. Kincaid stops his route and Josh came up barking at Kincaid. I don't know if you saw that on the broadcast. They kind of mentioned it for a split second, but then they went really into how Josh Allen flopped on this play. It's like, no, this guy got rocked, right? He got rocked trying to make a throw. You try to throw the ball with a defensive lineman crashing on you. All you got to do is get pushed and you're going down. But miss Steph Diggs got missed a couple times. Josh Allen was moving a couple times. And the, how about that deep throw? Diggs beat him. He was double covered. I, I know. Oh, and he dude, just missed was- him. What could have been? And Josh, we really haven't seen him air it out to an open guy yet this year. He had a couple, I think he's missed digs a couple times deep, but outside of that Jets game, he hasn't been taking these deep, deep shots down the field. So this kind of leads me to my next question for you, Pat. Do you think McDermott is letting Josh be Josh right now? Or does, does this offense look like they are just totally psyched out? Cause that's what I think they're, they look totally psyched out. I mean, as someone who psychs himself out and just about everything that he does, I mean, potentially, I think that it, it's hard to, because the NFL is such a polarizing league and you have highs and lows every single week. And granted, I, I'm not exactly sure because you look at that throw to Stefan Diggs and it's like, he he throws it over the safety. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, there's someone over the top, like he's, he's beat the coverage, yep. you know, Stefan Diggs has, and it's not, I mean, it's an overthrow. It's, it's not like, I don't know, it's going to be a turnover, but so in that respect, I guess it's the right call and it's the, the right pass. And maybe it is just a game of inches, but I, I guess like you said too, converting on third down hasn't been a big strength of us the past couple yep. of weeks. But I guess one of my questions for you would be, I felt like I was seeing a lot of different a lot of different substitution stuff happening. Well, I saw number 25 in there for a second. I was like, oh my God, is Tywan Jones back on the team? But obviously Shady? It's Terrell, or how do you, Tyrell Dodson. Yeah, they put him in because uh, um, defense was but, getting torched, right? Yeah, and then you had a couple different defensive backs kind of coming in and out. Benford, Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam. Uh, there's that other kid. Um, Ingram Jesus, from name? UB. Ingram, yep. yes. The, so, I, I don't know what you make of that. All those subs on the defensive side of the ball. I think if, you're, if you do what you've always done in a game like this, you're going to get what you got. So you have to adjust. And do you know how many incompletions Mac Jones had? Yeah, he probably had like five, five or six. 25 of 30. Five times that ball hit the dirt when it was in Mac Jones's hands. So I'm glad Sean didn't stand by idly watching nothing, watching what he was doing and do nothing about it. So the adjustments were okay. The Von Miller play was bad. 
He looks tired. He doesn't look like he's in game shape. So this guy just needs to hit the gym, get back into these games. I don't know. How do you get ready? I, I, I'm working on this in hockey right now. Right? I'm playing my first men's league season in 18 months. So I'm in game number three now. And it's like, I can work out all I want, but no fitness is the same fitness that you get during a game when you push yourself and you know, you're on the penalty kill, you're a minute and a half in and you have to get to a loose puck and your heart's already going 200 beats a second, right? 200 beats a minute. You have to find the energy to get there, right? That sort of fitness that the way that you push yourself in a game is different than the way you can put yourself in the gym. So I think Vaughn just needs these snaps, right? He's got to get these snaps in the game, but you're talking about substitutions on defense. I still think, give me, let's talk about this for a second. The analogy do you remember when Rex Ryan came in and took the cold front that led the NFL in sacks and switched it from a 4-3 to a 3-4? Do you remember when that happened? Who did we have play? Was Kyle, was Kyle Williams playing nose guard at that point then? Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius, Mario Williams, Kyle Williams. Yeah, I'm saying when we switched yeah. to the 3-4. Yeah, okay. we, we had like, they all had 10 sacks and they Rex Ryan comes in. He's like, I'm going to change this to a 3-4. And he didn't have the personnel. You get guys like Reggie Ragland and these other where, you know, Brandon Spikes, these other linebackers to come in and try to play his system. But you just had the best defense in the league with Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. Yes, the pressure packages were just outstanding. They changed it and they didn't do better. They did worse. So here's my analogy to you, Pat. The Buffalo Bills using 11 personnel. You know that, right? The three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. That's what Josh Allen was raised on, right? That's his baby's milk, right? Whatever you want to, that's how he was raised. So now all of a sudden, Josh is a you know seven-year NFL veteran and they are switching to 12 personnel, which is two tight ends. But it's to protect Josh though. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like they're, I don't know. If I were Josh Allen... I mean, I, I guess you're right. Like, it's hard to say because you want to, I guess you can stretch the field a little bit more with 11 personnel than 12 personnel, but also having two tight ends is great. Yeah. If you want to be more balanced and you want to have someone, you know, you want to have that sixth blocker, I guess. Well, you sound like Sean McDermott now because Brian Dable's out here like, we're going to go 11 personnel. We're going to lead the league in passing, except maybe second to Patrick Mahomes. We're going to be the number two offense in the NFL and we're going to score 35 points a game, but we're not going to run the ball very much. And Sean McDermott's like, coach Dable, we are going to run the ball. And Brian Dable's like, all right, see, ya. I'm going to be in New York City. And then when we meet at center field after the game, I'm not going to even like pretend to know you. Did you see that video? Yeah, it's crazy. So obviously some philosophical differences, but I just think if you take away the, and as soon as the bills get into 11 personnel in a two minute drill at the end of the game, they just move the ball all over the field. It was so stupid. To so me. do you think it is a personnel issue? Because I guess, I guess that is, that is a good point because you're talking the end of the Jags game, end of the Giants game end of this game well whatever probably last 10 minutes i mean i i don't know if having one extra tight end versus one extra wide receiver really makes that big of a difference and like honestly like how big is like i mean playing high school football i felt like i mean maybe tempo makes i i, I guess it makes a significant difference like if the other team isn't able to sub per se yeah. but like I, I i don't know i guess the the your play calls are limited and like really at the highest level of professional sports, like, does it really make that big of a difference? I mean, maybe, or maybe like you said, the play calling is just a little bit different because the personnel yeah. set is different. I don't know. I guess that, that is a really big phenomenon. I'm not it's, sure what the, I find it super interesting. And that one little switch when you're taking, think about it, you're taking Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid over a guy like John Brown or a guy like Cole Beasley. Or Emmanuel Sanders, who was another wide receiver that was out there. And breaking news, by the way, if you hadn't seen it yet, Dawson Knox has surgery today on his wrist. So he is out indefinitely. It's a bad case of the drops, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Dawson Knox. What, what did you say? Tight end university. What was your quote for the intro for so long? It's like, I, I, I can't. Well, he was like catching tennis yes, balls. Yes, ping pong balls. I was like, well, right? yeah. Uh, well, so I hope his recovery goes well. But not having Dawson Knox now is going to kind of force the Bills here, I think, to go back to 11 personnel. I think 12 personnel is great, but it is... Super confusing. Now I'm playing in a Madden league right now. My two tight ends, I just made a trade. So I got Dalton Kincaid and I got Travis Kelsey and I'm playing a lot of 12 personnel and it's not the same as having these big wide receivers. So what do I know as a Madden player, right? But I think when you see Josh in shotgun directing traffic in 11 personnel, that's when he's the best. I don't give a if you run the ball or not. Let Josh Allen sling it. And I think the Bills might have to go back to that. Gabe Davis said it. Dawson Knox said it. Josh Allen said it. They talked about the simple parts of the offense. And it gets simple for them. They make simpler calls during the two-minute drills. So they're saying on Mike Schoep and the Bulldog today that maybe the offense is just too complicated because you see these comments about the players talking about it being too confusing. So maybe they're thinking too much. They're not playing free. There's too many options. Because, well, I, I mean, I guess that's what I was trying to say earlier, like not as articulately as you just said right there. Because, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there were only about seven plays that we had in the no-huddle set back in the day. And maybe, I mean, you know, it's the same type of mentality and maybe that's what the bills need i, I don't know man it's, just uh, you, if, if it is too if it is too complicated too like i mean that's just that's that's a leadership issue yeah. I guess. it's just i i had this conversation with my students the other day and when you have a ferrari you need to know how to drive the ferrari right i have a couple students whose dads have porsches it's like do you know how to drive a standard do you know what driving standard is do you just see your dad switching the gear shift over and over and over I'm like if you if you want a car like this you need to learn how to drive it and i think we are watching ken dorsey and sean mcdermott fail their driver's test with josh allen because they should be driving 180 miles an hour down the left lane and nobody should be bothering them and they are hitting every pothole and every curb that is available for them to hit it's not smooth it is not a free flowing ride and then the other choice is say your dream car right your dream car is to have whatever you want, you know, you, whatever car you could have, a Lamborghini, whatever. And if somebody gave you keys to one right now and you don't know how to drive it, you'd be pretty disappointed in yourself, right? If you, if you were offered your dream job right now and and you just look at them yeah, and be like, have the tools to do it. You well. don't have the tools yet, right? You don't know it because you're, you're going to fail. So you need to prepare yourself, right? Ken Dorsey needs to realize what is happening to him right now. He's not driving well. He's not ready to handle this or McDermott's not. Whatever they're doing is not working. So they need to take a look in the mirror and make a change, I think. I don't know. I'm not really a car guy. So, I'm not a fancy car guy. I got a big, big no, dent no, in my but Chevy I, I mean, I guess yeah. then the implication also comes down to, I mean, ultimately Ken Dorsey had some struggles last year and eventually, you know, well, not eventually. I mean, we went through, we were third through yeah. three. So, but you know, there were some points in the season where, you know, everyone was kind of at odds with, with the plays being yeah. called. So then I guess you run into an interesting situation where you say, do you have a Leslie Frazier type deal where you say, listen, Ken, either you're going to take a head coach or you're going to take a head coaching job or you can't be here again. Yeah. Or like, do you feel like the bills are in a better position if let's say we go 10 and seven, which that's me being optimistic. I mean, I, I think if we go 10 and seven and squeak into the playoffs, we got a shot, but that's like, fair. let's say we do, we go 10 and seven middling offense maybe we're 12th in the nfl are you okay if ken dorsey leaves well i don't do you, does ken dorsey even get a head coaching job if he goes to the 12th best offense with josh allen they were talking about this on the radio this morning too they said what if you have really? josh I, I, allen you should fall out of bed as the top five offense in the nfl so like if you're true. eighth when do you get concerned because we we've watched the top five offense for the last four seasons and last year they were ninth after Thanksgiving and you could see something was off. So if they're sixth, are you worried? No. If they're seventh, are you worried? If they're eighth, I think eight is the flag. 
Like the eight is something's wrong. Check engine light turns on. And if you hit nine and 10 and if you're 11, oh my God, the car is broken down on the side of the road. So they got to they got to figure it out. And you should be able to do better with this guy as your quarterback. I think I don't know. Look around the NFL. The Browns scored 30. The Colts scored 30 with Gardner. Yeah, well, I was going to bring up. I was Well, I was going to bring up. I was going to bring up that game as well. Could you believe that PJ Walker has a passer rating? below 60 with no touchdown passes and has a two and zero record crazy how these games are shaking out these browns games are insane but um i agree with you on that and even the raiders are three and three right yeah. now some horrible quarterback yeah. play so. well the nfl is in a weird place right now and last thing we're gonna get a break in here and get to some around the nfl actually and then some quotes with pat but the last thing that i have on the bills here their record being four and three should be three and four this is their worst start in, in a long, long time, right? 2017, when we broke the drought, we started three and two, but we got to five and two. Even the year before that, that was our worst start, right? In the last couple of years, 2016. Well, well, but I mean, I mean, in defense of where the team is right now, if you do remember that 13 seconds team before the Thanksgiving game seven was six. seven and six. Yep. So that's super important. And that kind of goes into this point. The Bills are grinding through the impact implementation of a new offense and this new offense is supposed to be the hardest one to guard it's supposed to be the most versatile you should be able to do anything out of it whether you're running or passing play action all these things and if you go through your growing pains now and that this offense comes out like a freshly sharpened sword by week 10 when you're playing philly and then you get into kansas city and the chargers and the Patriots again, and the Dolphins again. Oh, the Chargers. Right? Hang on. We'll talk about the Chargers in a minute. But these other teams, they can put up <laughs> points, right? Whatever you want to say. Yes. So yes. I would rather have these things happen now, and then they can bounce back. Because if this happens later on in the season, you would have a lot more sample size to go on, right? We have a couple games where the Bills did light it up. They rose to the occasion against the Dolphins. They came to play against Washington, and then the other ones are stinkers. But if it happens later in the season, you know, you're losing important games that matter with playoff seedings, or you get a Bengals game stinker or something like this. So I'm hoping, right, this could be them ironing out the kinks of a new offense. But I don't know. I think if they show you who you are, you should listen to them because they've shown you three times now something. So something should change. But let us know what you think. We are going to be right back. When we come back, we're going to go around the NFL and we will have some quotes with Pat. So stick with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting of not only the NFL, but the NBA is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose it, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NABP. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for just betting $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NABP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Pat, I want to take a look around the league here. We talked a little bit about a couple of these teams here, and now I want to tell, I want you to tell everybody who you think is in worse shape. Who should be more worried, Bills fans or the fans of this team? Okay, these teams took a loss this past Sunday, and some losses may mean more than others. Right, we lost to the one and five Patriots. So, Pat, you tell me, should the Chargers fans or Bills fans be more worried. Now, again, the Chargers taking a loss against the Chiefs. Taylor Swift in town to watch the game. You know, I would love for somebody to do the drinking game where you see Taylor Swift on CBS and you take a sip and you tell me how you're doing Sunday at like 5 p.m. If you're making it that far. But Chargers took the loss. Travis Kelsey went off. Who should be more worried? Chargers fans or Bills fans? Well, I mean, statistically speaking, Chargers fans. Um, I, I think that there's a larger gap between the Chargers and the Chiefs than there is between us and the Dolphins. Interesting. And it's not the Chargers are in a totally different position, well, also a similar position where you're losing these games that you feel like you should yeah. win. You're still having great quarterback play, but you're still losing games. But I guess the difference being that a lot of our frustrations are coming with the head coach. Or I'm sorry, with with our offensive coordinator and a lot of the, you know whatever anger in San Diego is coming with that. Yeah. So I don't know. Brandon Staley, it's gotta be, you know, maybe because you're living in LA, people don't notice you as much, but if he lived in a market that cared, I'm sure he'd be hearing about it on his day-to-day basis, going to the grocery store and whatnot. But okay. I was, I'd probably agree with you. Chargers fans. There is probably a bigger gap between the Chargers and the chiefs. I want to say this week was the first time the chiefs beat the Chargers by multiple scores. Cause usually they've been, they've gone to overtime a couple of times. They've been one score games, but Chargers fans, I would agree with that. All right. Lions fans or Bills fans? Who should be more worried after the Lions get trounced by the Ravens? Yeah, by the Ravens. Yeah. We, all, we all took the L. Dude, I can't believe I mean, it. Talk about BS NFL trends. 12 out of 12 teams coming back from London play bad, and the Ravens just come out and score 38. Well, I mean, the NFC North is dog so I think the, the Lions fans shouldn't be weird. Really, That's true. Vikings stink. Packers really stink. I mean, if you're a Packers fan... 
I'm not, I didn't even put the Packers down here, but you should be freaking out, right? Because Jordan Love might be just good enough to win a couple games, but keep you away from a high draft pick. Yeah, but do you really want Caleb Williams having stake in your team? No, and the Packers would never let that happen because the team's owned by the public, right? They're one of the few teams that's a stock trade or whatever they are, publicly traded team. Our friends over in uh, Green Bay that came on our show last year, that was nice. But all right, Dolphins fans or Bills fans? Who should be more worried after after no, their game no. against well, the Eagles? Bills fans, Bills fans, Bills fans, fans right? Bills fans, definitely Bills fans. I mean, the Eagles have the story. Bills fans. The Dolphins have not won against anybody good, but when you look at the teams that they have beaten, they all won this weekend. The Broncos won, the Patriots won, right? So their strength of schedule, their winning percentage just got a little bit better. But Dolphins fans, are you worried? Are the Bills worried? You think it's the Bills fans, right? More than the Dolphins? I think we're both. I worried. think we're both worried. Is right? That's a good answer. Oh, I'm worried. All right, that's all I got for around the NFL. Crazy place to be the NFL. And I hear people say stupid things in the NFL. Pat, do you have any quotes for us today? I probably one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's time for quotes with Pat. They're things that people said. I got two, uh, two real zingers. Um, one of them was from uh, this past week's presser. And one of these quotes was from a presser two weeks okay. ago. Both by the same guy. Okay. Sounds like some stuff I would say if I was an NFL head coach. Um, Football is a mysterious game sometimes. There's a fine line between not being good enough and really doing well. Which there's not a fine line. Obviously, that's a a performance evaluation. You don't have a job. Right, especially in the NFL. (laughs) So those are the two quotes. There's a fine line between not being good enough and really doing well. And football is a mysterious game sometimes. This guy also, I should preface, is hated by the fans of his team. Okay, we can work with this. Now, every time you come up with a quote, I want to say Mike McDaniels because the guy is spewing gold out of his mouth, but he is not hated. He He might be the most popular head coach in the NFL right now. Okay, hated by his team. So we're going to go Dallas. No. What's his name? The guy head coach of Dallas? Mike McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy. Not Mike McCarthy. No. No, no, we're not fashion. Not Mike Sh- Mike Tomlin. No, I was gonna, Mike yeah, Tomlin's loved. Like I feel Mike like Tomlin. by Steelers uh, fans. Yeah, hated, hated head coach. People hate him. Oh, man, hate him. He's got a terrible track record as a head coach. He's a decent coordinator, just horrible head coach. Uh, Mike, uh, oh, the guy from the Raiders, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, uh, yes. Well, did you watch any of their game? Any of the Raiders highlights? Well, I I heard that he wouldn't he wouldn't bench Brian Hoyer. And they have this rookie with this Aiden something. He's got like terrible mustache, but he's, he's honestly not bad. And um, I don't know. And then everyone's saying that there's a little bit of favoritism because Hoyer was his boy in new yeah. England. And that, so I don't know. It's just, it's a, that was a blowout too, right? They got, creamed. yeah. Well, did you see that he was ripping on uh, Aiden O'Connell also? So again, Aiden O'Connell didn't get the start with Jimmy G out. Aiden O'Connell got the start a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I want to say week four. O'Connell made his NFL yeah, debut against game, LA. Right? He went 24 of 39, 238, no touchdowns, a rushing score, three fumbles, but he rallied in the second half. So Josh McDaniels goes on air and he said, playing quarterback in our league starts with taking care of the football. And he threw his quarterback under the bus. And then you get it again, right? Brian Hoyer plays the game. He threw two picks, didn't he? Well, Brian Hoyer gets to play because yeah, he's, he's a boy, right? That's his buddy. Yeah. Man, I got to make some friends that are in the NFL circles. I'm telling you, man. He's or just have your dad be in the NFL. Yeah. Nepotism football league. My dad um, is not an NFL football player. He is a pickleball player now. He's getting better at pickleball down in Florida. Yeah, I mean, you got 17 for 32, 129 yards and two picks. 
Aiden O'Connell comes into the game, comes into the game and 10 for 13, 75 yards, touchdown interception. Interesting. So. Well, we will have to see if anybody says anything else stupid in the coming weeks. Uh, Let's see. I got, I got some other ones here. You do. You have more. You got more. Oh, I thought you said you only had those two. Yeah, I got two more. I got two more. So this is uh, a player talking about their conversation and thoughts with meeting Tom Brady. That's a lot of text here. I got to put my glasses (laughs) on. On TV, you look at Tom Brady and you say, man, they're just so busy. They can hang out with their teammates. They're probably just locked in on what they got going on. And Brady was like, I never want to let my teammates down. He said those words exactly. And I was like, man, that's how I am. I love kicking them with my boys. Those are my brothers. So it definitely hit home when he was talking about that. Uh, this is his boy, Gronk. Nope. Mike Vrabel. Nope. I'll read it to you okay, one more okay. time. On TV, you look at star quarterbacks and think, man, they're just so busy. They can't hang out with their teammates. They're probably just locked in on what they got going on. And Tom Brady was like, I never want to let my teammates down. He said those words exactly. And I was like, man, that's how I am. I love kicking it with my boys. Those are my brothers. So it definitely hit home when he was talking about that. And this is a current NFL player? And they had to have played with Brady at some point then, right? No, no. Received mentoring guidance, but was not on the same team as Brady. Is relatively young. Played in the same college football conference as Tom Brady. Quarterback? Yes. Oh, okay. Played at the arch rival of Tom Brady's alma mater. Michigan State? Kirk Cousins? Arch rival. Of Michigan, Ohio State, Justin Fields? Uh, Ohio State quarterbacks to be in the NFL right now. Three, two, one, go. Not CJ Stroud. He's not a CJ Stroud. Is it? Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. I think Tom, Tom Brady says you got to be down for the boys. Apparently, yeah, which, you should be. You know, that's, bros. You, you gotta. That's what they say, right? Much. In that lineman, you know, I'm blocking for you just as much as you're blocking for me. I got to run that route for my quarterback. You don't want to be the guy that runs the wrong route. And lets your quarterback down or gets an interception thrown or you slip on a block and boom, down you go. Right. You, you see, you saw it in the, you see that bootleg play that the bills tried to run at the goal line. And, uh, somebody was a free blitzer in and it was like, they just missed yes, their that, block. And that was almost a very ugly interception. Yeah. And you but, could see the guy like watch him run and turn. Cause he's like, he's like, I'm supposed to block you, but my assignments to go this way. And he just blows past him and you could see it on film. It's like, oops, you don't want to let your brothers down like that, especially in a close game. But okay. That's a good quote. You got one more. Yep, I got one more. This is a uh, player talking about uh, being thrust into a game they were not expecting to start. Okay. That was big, to be honest. I never really ever felt comfortable going into a game not starting. So for me to go out there with that free mentality, that was big for me. And it felt good being out there with the guys. And I think the guys were all good with me being out there too. So that's all that matters. This is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is this PJ Walker? PJ Walker. I had to throw him in there. That was, I, I don't quote. know what happened in the game. I watched, I looked at the, I looked at the stat line yep. and I was like, statistically, how does this make sense at all? Number one, Gardner Minshew had like 305 yards passing on like 15 completions, which I was like, I, I, and then PJ Walker had an absolute, looked like a terrible game, had like a passer rating of, of something awful. Um, and still wins. Let's see. And still wins. But, well, I, I couldn't figure it out because you have the numbers statistically did not make. There must have been some sort of pick six or something in the game. Oh, Miles sorry, Garrett. Miles Garrett had the game of his life. He had a strip sack in the end zone. They scored defensive touchdown. I think he had a block field goal, multiple sacks, tons of pressures, tip balls, strip sack. He had a J.J. Watt 
legendary game. Got you. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking here at the stats. PJ Walker, 15 for 32, 178 yards, yeah. no touchdowns, one pick. Kareem Hunt had two touchdowns, I, mean, I think, too. After ESPN said, so I have Kareem Hunt in fantasy, and ESPN was like, Kareem Hunt's not going to play. So I didn't put him back in, and then he scores two freaking touchdowns. Which is funny because we, what did we talk about on the show? What did we talk about on the show, Brando? Who said, who said, who said when Nick Chubb went down that Kareem... You did. <laughs> I did. I, did. Yep. I said, how long would it be? If Kareem lives in the city of Cleveland, how long would it take for him two weeks. to get... Two weeks. Yes. Two weeks. So, um... Good call. But yeah. Why well, listen to you? That's an interesting development. Yeah. And I put him on my bench and he didn't help me. So, anyways, well... Pat, those are good quotes. It's good that we can talk this out on a terrible football Wednesday, watching these bills leave this sour taste in our mouth all week. But that's going to do it for us today here at Not Another Buffalo Podcast. Johnny should be back with us on our next episode. Tune in. We'll recap Brandon's bets. This might be the worst betting fantasy takes, whatever you want to say, week of my career in football, which I know this is my ninth season with the bills. And you know, fantasy football. How long have you been playing fantasy football, Pat? A while? Yeah, probably four years. Yeah, we were so. picks, game picks. We've been doing game picks. I don't know. It was a tough week for all of that stuff. So come back, listen to us on Friday with Johnny, game picks, all this good stuff. And uh, you know where you can find us? Not on Facebook. We don't have Facebook. We're not your, your parents. Tell your grandmother, look yeah. us up on Facebook, yes. <laughs> Spotify, listen to us on Spotify. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the good social threads, whatever it is. But until then, I'm going to tell you what my grandma said. She's like, oh, we're still going to root for the Bills. We're still going to say good Bill, go Bills. But we're going to, you know, we're going to put our shirt on backwards. We're going to put our shirt on inside out because they made us sad this week. That's what she said. 89 year old grandma. And uh, shout out to her. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.